And so we have to learn. And so this morning we've been studying the book of Peter. And if you'll remember last week, we saw that Peter said we are to crave the pure milk of God's word. Once we've tasted that the Lord is good. Have you tasted that God is good? How many of you are hungry to taste that God is good? Now there are there are things about the Lord that you've not and I haven't tasted yet. Or we've become oversaturated in a particular thing and we're missing the the uniqueness of his flavor. And what we want to do as a church is in excite you towards a hunger for God. And so we've got a special guest this morning. Well, he's a member of the church, but he's going to be a guest speaker this morning, and that is Brad Stenman. Just about six months ago, we asked Brad to, well, he came to us and said he has a heart for fasting. This is his area of ministry and passion. And um, he took a team, a small team, to begin preparing a fasting team for Christ Community Church. So that they're, uh, through regular prayer and fasting, they would begin to discern and seek the face of God as for us as a people and let that saturate into us. And so we're going to let him share and give us some instruction on how to prepare. I told you last week we're going to move into a 40-day fast. And we need some help. We need some instruction to know how to prepare for that, how to get our mind and heart in a right stance what to pursue, how to pursue it, and how to go after this. And that's what he's here to share with us this morning. So, Brad, would you please come and share with the congregation? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we uh, stand together this morning? Just got to sit down, right? Why don't we go and do a time of prayer? Just lift our hands to heaven. Father, we're hungry. Father, we're yearning and craving an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need you, Jesus. It's not an option that you come down into our midst, God. We need you to come into our midst. We don't want yesterday's manna. We want today's bread from heaven. We want to experience and encounter the risen Lord. We ask as we enter into these 40 days of fasting and intercession, God, that you would do through us your will in the earth, that we would be a dangerous people walking in signs and wonders, having dreams and visions. God, release Acts chapter 2 in our midst that you would pour out your Spirit on all flesh. As it's written on our old men that you would give visions, and on our young men you would give dreams, God. Lord, we ask you as we enter in and we prepare, Lord, ready us in the name of Jesus. Amen. We'll get back into a time of impartation. I heard from the Lord. You can go ahead and be seated. Sorry. <laughs> the Lord uh, really emphasized on me this morning that impartation is very important for a season of fasting. Fasting is not just in abstaining. Fasting is a, po- it's a posture. It's not about how hard you can work. It's about how well can you love Jesus through these 40 days. You understand, he's not looking to see if you can just fast on this for 40 days. 
and still be addicted to the R-rated movies with sexual immorality in it. Do you understand? God is after your heart. He's not after your work ethic. He's after your heart. And that's so important during a time of fasting. God, I can fast harder than anybody in the church. I, that's what I used to think about myself when I first got saved. I can work harder than a mom. I'm just like Paul. I'm the hardest working apostle. The Lord had to take me through a series of years to where it's, son, it's not about how hard you work. You can work hard and still never give me your heart. It's about posturing. If I'm addicted to television and it consumes three or four hours of my day, yet I don't, I'm not in the word, guess what? I'm going to fast. See where I'm going with this? What hinders us from encountering the burning bush? And that's what we go after. What hinders us from love? And that's what Tim was talking about last week, about warring against the flesh. That thing that hinders us, that's what we war against. That's our enemy. So as we enter into this fast, I want to encourage you not to look at anyone in the church and say, I can work harder than that person. Because we don't want to be Matthew 18, the, the tax collector and the Pharisee saying, the Pharisee, thank you, I'm not like this tax collector. When the tax collector beat his chest vehemently and the Lord said, he went away justified, not the Pharisee. So when you see the broken up here and the lost, say, don't say, thank you, Lord, I'm not like them. And I fasted on water for 40 days and all they did was just fast a couple crumbs. The Lord is after the heart posture. He's after our hearts. And uh, I prophesied this morning that the Lord was transitioning the church into a new season. Whenever Jesus calls a 40-day fast, how many of you know it's a transition time? Jesus went into the wilderness. He got baptized by John the Baptist. And it says that he was led up by the Spirit to go fast 40 days. What happened after that? The music started. Boom! Jesus jumps out of the wilderness and says, guess what? Repent. The kingdom of heaven's at hand. Miracles, signs and wonders, lights up the countryside with the gospel. It happened after a fast, didn't it? Jesus was our signal. John the Baptist transitioned the season. He went into the wilderness for 13 years. I'm, I'm sure Zechariah told him, you know, this was the prophecy that happened in Luke 1. And you see John the Baptist go into a 13-year season of fasting and prayer. He, he shows up and preaches and lights the countryside on fire. Check this out. He did not have Twitter, nor did he have Facebook, nor did he have the Internet to promote. Guess what? John the Baptist is going to be at the Jordan River this weekend. Come out, get in your cars, drive a couple hours. When it says that the countryside came to hear him preach, they had to travel a couple of days to go hear this man. And can you imagine showing up? Let's say I'm John the Baptist. You just traveled two days to come hear me preach, and all i got to say is repent for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. I could have told you that, man, you know. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that as we enter into a season of 40 days, it's not just a season to say, God, I'm going to give something up and feel good about myself. Like Isaiah says, that in the day of your fasting, you rejoice. And what he was saying is, is that you rejoice in your works, not in the fact that you're posturing your heart to give up your sins. Joel 2.13, God cries that you would rend your hearts and not your garments. He doesn't want our works. He's not concerned how. He's got angels. Angels can work all day for God. You understand that? He has a whole realm of angelic work that he can have happening. What he's after in us is lovers. He's after limping lovers. Psalms, uh, Song of Solomon's 8 says, I came up out of the wilderness leaning on my beloved. He's looking for leaning lovers. 
Psalms chapter 40, and I'm sorry, I gave you notes. I just want to clarify this. The notes are uh, for you personally, if, if I stray outside of them, which I will, because I've been known to do that. You can go home and study up on fasting, and um, they have, on the back page, which I think is one of the most important ones, is that there's a description of fasting on the different types of fast you can do. And I'm not really concerned this morning about what your fast is. Obviously, that's more of a personal concern for you to go to Jesus and say, God, what do you want me to fast? It might not even be on that page. God might say, fast your coffee. I mean, I don't know. You know, just figure it out. It's all about obedience and prayer. But those notes are for you, so I'm just going to go for it this morning, and where we end up, no one knows, right? So in Psalms chapter 40, verse 6, David says, my ears you have opened to me. Who wants to have their ears open to Jesus this morning? Come on, I want to hear from heaven. And I, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Tim talked about the fasting teams this morning because that's where I wanted to go. I want to just share a quick story with you on, on the fasting teams and what's been happening the past three months. I started this team and, and we started fasting and everybody took their days and I won't go into the details of how the fasting was working. And we, and we began to go into the book of Daniel and ask God just to encounter us and, and to show us. We had a specific mission from heaven, which I won't go through either. I'm sorry, I don't have the time. And uh, we started pr going in prayer and asking God to break this, this thing that he had showed us. And what happened is we began to have encounters like in the book of Daniel. People in the, in the team were having dreams and encounters. One of the team members went to a, a bank and a lady had a dream about him. He started witnessing to her and she said, you don't understand, I had a dream about a guy, called him out by name and said he looked just like you. And guess what the Lord says? You're at the right team. Right after he joined the fasting teams. Come on. A bank of all places, right? <laughs> you'd think you'd encounter Jesus somewhere else, but a bank, hey. So we began to have these encounters and we would sit in these rooms and we'd have these times of prayer and we would get prophetic words and write them down. And we had this word, it struck me like an arrow. I saw it on the whiteboard. It said, it's going corporate. I said, I know what that means, Lord. It means you're going to take this little group right here and you're going to take what we're doing and you're going to infect C3 with it. And I knew that's what it was, but I didn't know the specifics of it. So I began to pray, God, what does this word mean? What does it's going corporate mean? I have to know. I was hungry to understand, so I went and do a time of, time of fasting to ask the Lord to just reveal it to me. And let me tell you, the fast that I did to ask the Lord for revelation on that was the weakest fast I have ever done. I think I got to, like, lunchtime, and I'm like, I'm going to Little Caesars to go eat some pizza. I'm hungry. <laughs> I mean, that's about how far I went with it. And I think the Lord said, okay, I can probably use that, that one meal that you gave up. So... Uh, I uh, had a night where I was just sleeping, and who in here likes sleep? Hallelujah. Now that I have a newborn, I love sleep even more. And uh, I was, it was 5.30 in the morning, and the Lord woke me up. My ears you have opened, Psalm 40, verse 6. Jesus gave me a little nudge and said, son, I want you to wake up. I need you to come, I need you to come pray with me for an hour. I said, uh-uh. I said, oh, no, I'm sleeping right now, Lord. I said, that sounds good. I said, maybe tomorrow. I, I was literally saying these things to the Lord. I said, I don't want to go pray right now. The Lord nudged me about three, four times. 
Finally, in my mind's eye, I look over, I see an angel by my doorway, and the angel says, come out and pray. The Lord has something for you. I said, okay, it's probably serious at this point. <laughs> it's funny, the Lord speaks to me, and I say no, and then I see an angel. I'm like, okay, let's go. It's probably not good. So um, I go, I sit out of my ottoman and throw my prayer blanket on, and I start praying and just spending time with the Lord. And he began to unpack personal revelations to me. And uh, I got a little bold with Jesus. I, I said, Jesus, what is the fast that you want for C3? And he spoke immediately to me. He said, it's the 40-day fast. I said, that's great, Lord. That, that's awesome. I'm excited for that. But I need confirmation. I can't just go to Pastor Tim and say it's time for a 40. I, I need this to be real from heaven. I need this to be reality. How many of you know... We can mistake sometimes the Lord's voice for our voice. Our own passions can come out of surface and we'll go, oh, that sounds like something the Lord would say. That's okay. I, we've all been there. What I was saying for this one was this is pretty big. 40 days of fasting is a pretty big deal. So I got a call from one of the people on the fasting teams and he said, hey man, you know, I had a dream last night. Jesus showed up to him in his dream. And he says, I don't have dreams. He said, that's not me. He said, but this dream, we went through it, and he said, Jesus gave him some specifics and gave him some language that he understood. He said, the, I've been praying on it all day. He said, the only thing I can pick up from this is that it's going corporate and that it's about to get, our work is about to get a little bit bigger. I said, you have no idea what you just said. I said, you just confirmed from, from heaven what the Lord was speaking to me. I didn't tell anybody about it, about me praying about it going corporate and about the the 40-day fast going into the congregation. I had not spoken to anyone about that. I said, don't say anything to anyone on the fasting team. I want to see who else gets revelation. So uh, I'm praying. I'm driving in my, my work truck. I'm leaving Lowe's, and I go, Lord, I need another confirmation. The Lord rebuked me harshly and said, I am the second confirmation. He said, when I woke you up at 530 this morning, I was, the Holy Spirit was the witness. So I said, Okay. Let's go for it. So then we ended up here in the season and why I share that, and I don't share that to boast that I have some awesome encounter with Jesus. The reason why he gave it to me was for you. My ears you have opened. And I want to say, and I know that everyone's taking this fast serious. I've heard a lot of people talking about it, and everybody's really taking it to heart. And I think the message last week, people are really taking it serious. Beloved, we're in a season where God has set out a 40-day invitation to you to say, I beckon you and say, come closer. Come closer. I've heard a lot of 40-day fasts called, okay, where leaders will call 40-day fast. We're talking about Jesus called this fast. This wasn't some good idea that we conjured up and wrote down and said, let's give this to C3. This was a divine moment from heaven. You're in the middle of the whirlwind, and guess what? He's about to break in. There's a prophetic word in the, in the first service, prepare. Prepare. When there's a hurricane coming, what do you do? Do you watch television and, and hang out, kick up on your ottoman and say, let's go get some smoothies and some McDonald's and relax? You board up your windows and you say, it's coming, it's coming. You warn your neighbors. You get ready. There's a hurricane coming. And when God breaks in, guess what? God comes. How many of you know what happens when God comes into our midst? A lot of people ask for revival, but are they ready for revival? 
Because when he comes, he shakes everything that can be shaken. He's going to demand all of it. He wants all of your heart. What does it say? God is a consuming fire. God doesn't call us to fast for him. He's ready. How many of you know, when we ask God, Lord, where are you? Miracles aren't happening. Signs and wonders aren't happening. He would probably say back to us, I've been where I've always been on my throne. Where have you been? He's the Lord. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. The Lord is ready to pour out on our little congregation. Is he not? Is God not ready to break in with the whirlwind like he did on Ezekiel? Where Ezekiel said, I sat by the river Kabar astonished for seven days. I'm telling you, I think that our little fasting team was a prophetic foreshadow of what God wants to do. He wants to do something like the book of Daniel in our midst, where the handwriting from the finger of God comes on the wall. We need the word of the Lord. What if we went into the missions field sent out from a church that's lit on fire with revival? Come on, we would take countrysides for Jesus. John the Baptist lit the whole city side on fire, one man. We need a group of John the Baptist. We need Nazarites that are set apart for his glory. He's ready. He's prepared. He's on his throne. We had another prophetic word in the, in the fasting teams where a group of angels was trying to break into C3, but God had his arms held out stopping them. Guess what we want to do? Jesus, please take your arm down. Please let the angels come. How many of you know sometimes Jesus will exercise a muscle in you? God, we want revival. God might, get, might, God might say no to you. Why? Because he wants to build a spiritual hunger within you to say, God, I know you want to do it. I'm hungry for it. Pour out, Lord. This is your church. These are your services. These are your people. Isaiah says it in 40 verse 3, Isaiah 40 verse 3. He says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. What would happen in the old days is the king would send workers in front of them. And what they do is they would clear a path for them to carry the king through the city. What John the Baptist was saying was not physical stones, but spiritual stones. Be removed and prepare a highway for Jesus to come through. That's what John the Baptist was. He was the one that prepared the highway for Christ to come in his first coming. Beloved, we need to be like John the Baptist and prepare a highway on our backs so that the Holy Spirit can break into our midst. I love going out to win the lost. I love that you guys are, we're a mission-oriented church like Antioch, where we like to send people out. But when a church is on fire, I'll tell you what, we don't have to promote fire. Huh? We don't need Facebook. When God breaks in with revival, the lost will pour in. Just a quick side note, real quick. I, got, I, I know you love Charles Finney, Pastor Tim. Charles Finney was a minister in the 1850s in the uh, First Great Awakening. Second Great Awakening, I'm sorry. He was preaching 
New York, and when people would pull in on the harbors, on the boats, the fear of the Lord would touch them as, a, as they would pass the borders into New York. It says the fear of the Lord would touch them. They would surrender their hearts to Christ before they even reached the dock. There was a 50-mile radius around the services of glory. 800,000 were saved. 500,000 in eight weeks, I'm sorry. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, I'm just going to continue here. I want to leave some time for some prayer. You see why I gave you notes. I don't even think I've talked about my notes yet. Read those at home. Seriously, there's some good stuff in there. I took my time. <laughs> Lucky you, I don't write notes that often. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Who knows that that's written in red? Hallelujah. You don't get away from that one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You can stay there. You don't have to turn. I'm going to jump around. Sorry. John chapter 3. Beloved, do you know what that means? Blessed are the hungry, for they shall be filled. Can I, can I say it? You ready for it? As much as you want, you get. As much of the kingdom of heaven as you want, you get. Do you, God has no limit. He has no beginning. He has no end. In chapter 3 of, uh, of the book of John, verse 34, John the Baptist says, For he who, whom God has sent speaks the word of God. For listen to this, God does not give the spirit by measure. <laughs> Isn't that glorious? Holy Spirit doesn't show up with a measure of rod and go, you get two inches today. He says, you're in the ankle water, why don't you come out into the knee-deep water? He says, you're knee-deep, why don't you come swim with me, I got something for you. But beloved, revival is not osmosis. It's not the Chronicles of Narnia where we step into a fantasy land. God is looking for a people that would prepare themselves like a vessel and say, God, come and get me. This fast is so important. It's so important, and I know you're going to take it serious, but I want to emphasize that this is a season to where what happens when you're in the third grade and you want to graduate to the fourth grade? You do your work, right? You do what the teachers tell you. You graduate. You graduate to the next class. What God is saying is, is I'm, I'm giving you a season, and if we do well, you'll graduate. That's not a works mentality. That's just saying, let's do the season that God is calling us to with excellence. And if we do, if I entrust you with the little, what does the Lord say? And you do well, what? I'll give you the much. This is unto us having authority over the nations. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bigger than just let's have a fast and have some salt and pepper thrown on our meetings. Because God will move in our meetings during a fast. I promise you. That's, that's not like some big prophetic thing. That's just when, when you fast, God has the opportunity to move in your midst. It's not about getting salt and pepper thrown on our meetings where the Holy Spirit can move a little more and give us goosebumps. Beloved, this is about us having authority in the nation. What happens when we're overflowing with so much glory and God is in our midst so glorious? He says, I can't yet but send some of these laborers into the missions field. Antioch, church, lay your hands on them and send them in power. To the ends of the earth. I believe that with all my heart, this is the season we're in. If we do this 40 days with excellence, there is something glorious on the other side. During, it's hard work, and God is going to move in our midst, but beloved, 
imagine. Not many churches that I can look to right now are having authentic revival. I'm not talking about moves. God moves in the church. And I understand that there are pockets where God is moving stronger. I'm talking about authentic, born from heaven, sent from God revival. Where the cloud of his presence fills this place and conviction touches down and hits the city. And people are having dreams with Jesus. Muslims are getting saved. If our little group of five can go through a fast and bear this much fruit in introducing a 40-day fast and hearing from heaven, what can a whole church do? Is anyone getting excited? I'm I'm hungry. I want to see the Holy Spirit move. Like I said earlier, it's not an option. Having the Holy Spirit move is not an option. We don't have the pleasure of... Of saying, God, if you want to move tomorrow, that's good. No, we have to have it today. That's the posture he's looking for. That when we gather together, the sick are being healed. One more thing I wanted to talk to you about before ministry. I'm forgetting now. Oh, that's all right. (laughs) What God can do. Listen, this is what I want to say. What we're fasting for is, look, we're not pulling God's arm and saying, God, you need to pour out revival. God, you need to heal the sick. God, you need to move hearts. Guess what? God already wants to do those things a whole heck of a lot more than we want him to. Does he not? Look at Jesus on the cross. Wasn't that passion enough? I mean, Jesus desires deeply to move. When we fast, what we're doing is, as we're just saying, God, do what you already had planned, but do it faster. He already has revival planned for C3. But do we want it next year or do we want it now? Huh? Who wants their kids saved today? I wish somebody would have entered into fasting and praying for me. I wasted eight years of my life in sin that I didn't have to. Beloved, God answers the hungry. He will give you revival earlier than what it was planned for if we enter in and do this season with seriousness and excellence. He will. He's a good God, isn't he? How's everybody doing? Okay, good. You ready to fast? Everybody excited to not eat? I'm not going to lie, it never gets easier. That's why we need grace from heaven. Fasting will never be easy. I, I want to say that right now. There, that's, the, that's the, you know, if, if you ever read the storybooks about the man that said, I, I had grace to go on, you know, the 40-day fast and was never hungry, and I, I don't think that, the, unless it was supernatural, I don't think that was real. Hunger pains are real. When you give up your television and you say, God, I want your word, it takes a little while to get rewired, doesn't it? I mean, there's some psychological stuff involved with that. I mean, even just the psyche of the human mind just needs time to to rewire. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about fasting. And uh, in verse 16, he says, when you fast... 
I love Jesus because he didn't put the bullet points underneath that and give you the, the how-tos. He said, when you fast, which means this, every believer is called to fast. He didn't say, when you, the elect, fast. He didn't say, when you who've been through Bible college for five years, fast. He said, when you, and who's he talking to here? And the disciples. And in Acts 4.13, it describes them as uneducated men. You're looking at one of those right here. I'm not one of those educated, educated people, you know what I mean? That's who the Lord likes to use, though. So when you fast, so that needs to be clear, is that everyone in C3 is involved in that. You don't have to fast food. You can be unique with your fast. Like I said, God might just call you to fast coffee. I mean, that might be your hindrance. I said that. I saw some eyes roll with that one. <laughs> I know. Don't worry. I'm not giving up my coffee either. I told the Lord, I said, no, I won't do coffee, but I'll fast on water for 40 days. So. All right, you guys are awesome. We're going to have a good fast, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. Just, I, I just want to just emphasize that. Just just. Take it serious. Just be hungry and just know that you're in a divine moment. I mean, you're in a moment from heaven where the whirlwind begins to touch down. We're, we're in the eye of the hurricane. We're about to get hit with the back storm. Who's ready to get knocked off their high horse? Come on. Who's ready to get knocked off their high horse? Who's ready to see their kids saved? Their parents saved? Who's ready to see drugs leave their children? Who's ready to have dreams and visions? Who wants to have Jesus walk in their bedroom tonight and say, wake up with me and pray? Ah, good, good. He'll call you tonight, 5 a.m. Let's see if you're ready. Uh, one last thing I'll emphasize before we go into a time of prayer. I wanted to leave it is uh, your weakness. You are human beings. You are weak. You will fail. I'm not, that's not a prophecy, and I'm not putting that over you, but... At some point, you're going to go, man, that cheeseburger sounds really good, and I'm fasting red meat. <laughs> it sounds really, it just for some reason, the thing that you're fasting on is, is the very thing that you want the entire fast. So when you fail, I want you to picture the big red delete button. Press delete and start over. Get back in the race. Get back in the race. Don't let your flesh trip you up because you want to know what? Fasting is not our salvation. Fasting is an overflow. So your works don't earn anything from Christ. Your works accelerate what he's already given you. It's already yours. What did he say to the older brother in, in the prodigal son story? He said, son, all that I have is already yours. It's already in your possession. All we're doing during a fast is laying hold of it saying, God, give it to me now. Hungry people. Hungry people always get an answer. I'm going to butcher this, this uh, story in the Bible really badly. Tim, maybe you can help me at the end. The woman that came to Jesus, I think she needed healing for her daughter. I'm messing this up. And Jesus said, I've come to save the children of, I've come to the children of Israel. He said, it's not good for me to give bread to the little dogs. How many of you know that was Jesus building that muscle in her? Jesus knew he was going to answer that prayer, didn't he? Jesus knows all things, right? We believe that he's sovereign. 
So in his mind, he was saying what? Go on. It's not your time. She said, no, it is my time. Even the dogs get crumbs from the master's table. And he said, woman, by your faith, let it be done. Jesus said no, and she said, uh-uh. I want my answer. He said, good, you got it. Lord, we want revival. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Lord, bring it. There's going to be a time of cleansing during the fast. God desires a holy people, doesn't he? Because when he comes in, his light consumes everything. Darkness cannot be in his midst. He demands holiness. It's not that God's angry and wants to drop the hammer. It's that he can't have darkness around him at all. He is light. It's not like the light that we see here where you can press your hand through it. God is tangible light. He breaks in. He moves through your soul, through the crevices of your soul. And he asks for everything. It's hard. It's intimidating. He's big. He's awesome. But he's kind. How many of you know you showed up this morning because God's kind? You woke up and had breath in your lungs because God is kind. Do not mistake wrongful fear of God for the fear of the Lord. This is for somebody. I just, I just want to say this. The fear of the Lord is a presence. It's not intimidation. God's not here to intimidate you. The fear of the Lord is a presence that reveals your sins. How many of you have ever been under the tangible fear of the Lord? And you go, oh my God, I am one of the most sinful people in all the world. Isaiah said it. He said, oh my God, what I've been saying is completely opposite of who you are. Woe is me. Isaiah was already a prophet to the nations. And, and by my guesstimation, if he was a prophet, he was probably walking pretty closely to the law. He encounters God and goes, oh my goodness. That's what happened when God jumps in our midst. He's holy, and we go, oh my, (laughs) I'm not so holy anymore. Instead of me measuring and comparing myself with my neighbor, now I have to measure and compare myself with the holy. Did you know you measuring yourself with your neighbor is a perversion? I'm more holy than that person. Yeah. I, I I know about him. I know about his relationship with his kids. I'm not that bad. I can compare myself to to anyone on the planet and make myself feel good. But when I'm in the presence of the Lord and I'm gazing into his eyes of fire, I go, oh my goodness, I got some things to work on. That's what God is calling for in us. And I I didn't preach this at the first service, so you guys get a bonus. You guys get a bonus of of conviction. I'm convicted by this one. The Lord is not looking for us to, to... Call, go to your friend and say, oh, what are you fasting? Oh, I'm, I'm doing a Daniel fast. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm doing a water fast. It doesn't make us better than anybody. God is looking for the heart posture. All he wants is us to rend our hearts and not our garments. I, I just feel like the Lord is saying that is so important. We've got to stop the left and right looking, and we've got to look up. What did Jesus do in John 17? It says he lifted up his eyes to heaven. We've got to lift up our eyes to heaven and ask God, Lord, what is hindering me from encountering the burning bush? Who wants an encounter with the burning bush? 
I'm not talking about fuzzy salt and pepper on the meeting, which I like the salt and pepper. I really do. I like when the Holy Spirit shows up. I'm talking about a life-wrecking encounter. Where God says, go to Zimbabwe and go win the lost. But take a one-way ticket with you. Tim's like, don't preach that. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to fix that one. Where would you get lit on fire for street preaching? So that's going to be huge when you choose your fast and we get going. It's, it's personal. This is a personal thing. There are times when God calls us to sovereignly fast for a nation, when a nation is under judgment and sin, Joel chapter 2, when he calls the body of Christ to stand in the gap. But first, judgment starts in the house of God. Peter says, I'm sure you'll get there in the book. We want to start by saying, God, what is it in me? What's hindering revival? I, I, I don't want you guys to think, I really want to be gentle here. I don't want you to think I'm pointing the finger saying you're the hindrance to, to God's moving. I, I'm, I have things in my life that are hindering God moving in a service. But what happens when we're all walking so tight-knit with the Lord that when we get together, power shows up. Acts In the book of Acts, when they had prayer meetings, their building shook. They had earthquakes at their prayer meetings. Our prayer meetings, we're lucky to get our voices out of our, out of our body. When God shows up, he shows up. I've been in a lot of services where we pray for revival, pray for revival. Beloved, he's coming. I'm here to prophesy to you today. He's coming. I'm not talking about his second coming. I'm talking about his coming to C3. He wants to visit Christ Community Church. No, I don't think, you know, he wants to visit us. When God comes and he habitates among us, he wants to live in the church. Guess what? I'm coming to live and I'm not leaving. I want to hang out in your services, says the Lord. What do you mean? He's not here yet. He's always in you. The Holy Spirit is always with you. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit living in you. I'm talking about the manifest presence coming in our midst. When heaven comes down, people begin to see angels and have encounters. Beloved, it's coming. All we have to do is just give them our weak yes and just respond. First service, I felt like there was supposed to be a big impartation. I feel like you guys already got it. I guess you got the after effects of the first service, huh? Ripple effects. I love it. I love it. Why don't we just stand and just... I could preach for another hour. I'm excited. I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to preach for another hour. <laughs> don't worry, silence isn't a bad thing. Right now, we, had, we, need, to have a, a, we need to write a letter to Jesus, except for with our mouths. The Lord knows all things. Just close your eyes with me. The Lord knows all things. He says, I know your sins. Guess what? They don't intimidate me. Guess what? I picked you before the foundations, and I knew your sins before you even were born. And I still chose you. 
Beloved, we need to be honest with the Lord. I'm not talking about the little besetting sins. I'm talking about the one major thing that's hindering you from going forward in your life in God. You need to pinpoint that one thing. Holy Spirit, give us revelation. Give revelation across this room of the thing that is hindering us from seeing a move in our, heart, in our hearts. Just ask him. Just pray. Just, just say, Lord, just show me. Just reveal to me. It's so simple. Just say this prayer with me. Just repeat after me. Just say, Holy Spirit, show me. Give me revelation. Show me where in my heart I have resisted you. Show me what's hindered me from encountering you.